Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by Eden Foods, the most trusted name in certified organic clean food. When you shop online at EdenFoods.com, enter the coupon code ORGVIEW to receive 20% off any regularly priced items, excluding cases. For other promotional offers, please visit TheOrganicView.com's website. And don't forget to check out our contest section. On today's show, Tom and I are going to continue the discussion about the lawsuit filed against EPA by Center for Food Safety and how it is now being left up to the individual states to take further action. Also, we have some surprising news to discuss concerning GMOs in Colorado. First, I'd like to welcome to the show my co-host, Colorado beekeeper, Mr. Tom Theobald. Hello, Tom. Hello, Joan. It's a cool morning in Colorado, and we're bracing for our first blast of Arctic air, below zero weather. Welcome to winter. (laughs) In any event, I hate winter. In any event, always nice to know what's happening in your neck of the woods. Uh, Maybe you'll have Al Roper's job one day. Well, this, this has some this has some practical implications because we're seeing a lot of colonies of bees going into the winter underpopulated, and that makes them much less resilient when the temperature drops. The cold just penetrates right through the cluster. So the concern is that this severe cold is going to take out many of the struggling colonies and add considerably to the winter losses. Yeah, it's always tough, especially this time of the year, and just dreading what the spring is going to bring forth is something that I'm sure gives you knots in your stomach. I know a lot of folks have been writing about their concerns, whether or not their bees will survive the winter. Thanks for sharing that. This this lawsuit that the Center for Food Safety filed against EPA is something that needs to be talked about so much more. We've had Amy Van Son on to talk about the lawsuit when it was filed, and then again she came back on to talk about the decision, and now it's kind of taken a new direction in which it's very clear that it's going to be left up to the individual states to take further action. Now, you and I have talked about this before, Tom, in regards to these MP3 programs, which are the managed pesticide programs, and I personally think that it's not such a bad idea, but you have a very different view. Well, I do from practical experience, and uh, these are things that to the average person may look like... uh, sensible steps when, in fact, my view is that this is all part of a carefully orchestrated program to do little or nothing and and get the bees and the beekeepers out of the way. uh, The EPA has failed in its responsibilities to protect the environment and to protect the pollinators and regulate these pesticides, and the lawsuit made that very clear. But the answer to that is not to delegate that authority to the states 
it's to hold the EPA to its responsibilities. And the reason for that, or one of the reasons for that, is that we've had very little cooperation from the states, and the chemical companies would love to see this decision-making pushed down as low as possible, because even though they have pretty totally captured the EPA, they have even more influence at the state level. I disagree. If you take a look at New York State, New York State banned clothianidin, and that was due to action, I do believe, by the previous governor, Governor Patterson. Even though he was in office for a brief period of time, he did a lot as far as protecting the environment and the people from these pesticides. However, that's I, I understand that that's a unique situation, but I really think that at least well, we have a chance of getting getting more done than we do at the federal level. EPA has done nothing. We've seen this time and time again. And with Obama's memorandums, that's also proven to be worthless. All they're doing is just giving us some sort of appeasement to shut us up. And meanwhile, nothing's been done. June, the New York took the steps that it did because they were finding the first neonicotinoid, a metacloprid, in wells in Long Island, and rich people objected. Okay, so they began putting greater restrictions on imidacloprid, and when clothianidin came on the market, they decided not to register it. It had nothing to do with the bees. I've had 40 years experience with 41 now with the Colorado Department of Agriculture, and at every step along the way, they have been opposed to the interests of the bees and the beekeepers. The reality is we're seen as an inconvenience to modern agriculture. We're a hindrance. And my experience is that the state departments of agriculture are even are under even greater control of the chemical industry. And uh, that certainly is not an answer. And a perfect example is what we're about to talk about, which is the MP3s, the Managed Pollinator Plan Protection Plans. Managed Pollinator Protection Plans, MP3s. And what this accomplishes is the culmination of about 20 years of manipulation of the beekeepers and an effort through policy decisions and administrative steps to do an end run around federal law. And the most recent one was in Delaware, where they're touting the bee protection by way of these MP3s. They provide no protection at all. They're not funded. They have no enforcement authority. They're completely voluntary. And uh, I fail to see how they offer any protection to the bees whatsoever. I just think that at the state level, you have a number of groups in different states. We had Michelle Colopy from the Pollinator Stewardship Council that was on a couple of weeks ago to talk about efforts in Ohio. And, Tom, I'm not saying it's going to be easy by any means, but I think that we have a possibility of achieving more at the state level than we do at the federal level. EPA has proven to be basically nothing more than a marketing arm for industry. That's very clear. However, at least we have a chance at the state level. 
I don't think we have any chance, June. My 40 years of experience tells me that for the most part, the departments of agriculture across the country are under even closer influence by the chemical companies. I'm talking from experience. I'm not denying that there are some states and some people in some states who are trying to have an effect, but let's let's look at the reality. This, these neonicotinoids are the most widely used pesticides in the world. And I, and I have before me the article that appeared on the Delaware implementation of these MP3 uh, plans, and there's not one single mention of the neonicotinoids. Here's what the article has to say. In recent years, honeybees, honeybee colonies have faced a variety of threats colony collapse disorder, varroa mites, tracheal mites, small hive beetles, bacterial, fungal, and viral diseases. Uh, in addition, there is a decline in quality forage, the flowering plants that bees depend upon for both nectar and pollen. The major player here, for anyone who's paying attention, are these pesticides. There are certainly other factors, but these neonicotinoid pesticides are the major cause of the losses that we're seeing, and it gets no mention. And it gets no mention because these reporters are given a canned uh, support of, of the MP3 program, and, and uh, somewhat naively, they they massage it a little bit and, and make an article out of it. But th these MP3s are going to do nothing to protect bees. We're in serious, serious trouble out here. We're seeing what, for the lower-level life forms, is likely the most massive poisoning in the history of the Earth. And I'm not overstating that. And everybody is trying to sweep it under the rug. Once again, that is what they do. When you were interviewed by CBS with Dan Rather, they swept it under the rug. They were very clear to mention industry, but they did the same thing. That's what they do because they're dependent upon their sponsors, which consists of industry. Yeah. Well, so but the, you have a lot of grassroots efforts that are at the state side. Look at the folks in Maryland. They're really stepping up to the plate. They're trying to do as much as they can, and we're seeing this in other what, what? states. I mean, look at look at what's going on in Colorado. What about the bee safe neighborhoods? They've they've achieved a lot. But have, have they, June? Have they really? I mean, I I I fully support these efforts that have been undertaken, and I think we have to keep that pressure on. But let's just take a look at Maryland. What was accomplished there? The, the pesticides in question were restricted for homeowners, but they're still going to be used. They're going to be used by lawn services. They're going to be used in agriculture. They're going to be used on golf courses. The effect is going to be minimal, and we're not talking about a, just a plain old pesticide. We're talking about something that appears to have contaminated the soil and the groundwater widely. And while these are efforts in the right direction, they have little effect on the total drenching of the environment with these neonicotinoids. That's the reality. Well, the bottom line is, is that with anything, it doesn't matter if it's 
a town that needs to install a traffic light. Unfortunately, in our world, until enough people have died, that's when government takes action. That's proven time and time again. And look at DDT. How many years was DDT used on the market? It was, it was ubiquitous. They put it everywhere. And how long did it take to ban DDT, Tom? Well, you know, it took a lot shorter than what we've been dealing with here, June. When you when you look at the number of years, uh, DDT appeared in uh, late in the Second World War, and it was banned, I think, in 1972. And we've been combating these these neonicotinoids now for 20 years, so we're making no progress that I can see. Uh, Let's go on to a little better news, though, and that would be the decision made by the county commissioners here in Boulder County, my home county, regarding the disposition of genetically modified crops on citizen-owned land. Boulder County is a little bit unique in that it was a leader early on of the purchase of open space land with uh, citizen money, tax money, and as a result, we're the owners of about 17,000 acres of agricultural land. And the citizens have objected to that land being subjected to the genetically modified crops. And that's gone through a series of hearings and discussions. And the most recent one was last year and went on for hours into the wee hours of the night. And the commissioners also had a limited number of face-to-face -face, uh, sessions with individuals. I I took one of those and talked with them for 20 minutes. Uh, my major concern was the seed coating. So the genetically modified crops may be affecting the bees, but the the major player, as I said, are these neonicotinoids. And the commissioners were listening. And they heard it, and they looked at the research, and they've come to the conclusion that we really have to remove the genetically modified crops from citizen-owned land. And they made that decision last week. And that's huge. Well, that is huge news. Well, it's still a little vague because I have yet to, to find what specifically that means. And, and they're talking about a three- to five-year phasing out three years for corn and five years for sugar beets and that those three to five years may be the death sentence for many many of the lower level life forms it's just agree people don't seem to grasp the enormity of this poisoning and i think we have to phase it out but i we have to get moving here. This has gone on for 20 years, and the beekeeping industry and the other pollinators and many other life forms are on the ropes. So while it's good news, it's also concerning that this just seems to drag out and drag out and drag out. Once again, until enough people have died, then they'll take action, but at least this is a step in the right direction. Several years back, I remember having one of the commissioners from Boulder on the show, and that was in a very interesting conversation, but it was nowhere near the decision that they've rendered 
you know, last night. They they had really no idea what was going on as far as what the impact would be as far as pollinators. So this is, I think, very good news. It's a very big step in the right direction. And also, Tom, I just want to point out one thing. I don't know about the supermarkets in Colorado, but here in New York, I was really surprised to see how many products on the shelf are now not only organic, but are GMO-free. And that's throughout the store. It used to be that it was a little small section in the store, usually where they sold the health food and the vitamins and all that, where you would find organic and GMO-free. Now it's ubiquitous throughout the store. And I think that's, that says a lot. It says a lot about what society wants. It says a lot about how industry doesn't have necessarily a choice when it comes to the people, what they want. So I think it really does boil down to the public being more vocal about the neonicotinoid pesticides. Industry is spending millions of dollars promoting these chemicals, trying to say that their, con their main concern is the health and the safety of not only honeybees, but of the pollinators in general. And we know that to be a complete falsehood. But the bottom line is the power is with the people. Well, all of these are steps in the right direction, and I hesitate to be critical of these. But we should have been making some of these decisions 10 years ago. If our objective was to Agreed. have a healthy beekeeping industry, we're in serious trouble, and we need to get moving. Well, Tom, it's it may be the end of 2016, but I think... Things are looking up as far as the direction we need to take. I think the news from Boulder is a very big step, and it will influence other communities to do the same. Tom, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, too, June. It's been a pleasure. And, folks, tune in each week as Tom and I continue the discussion. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon.